Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I am the founder at the Miller Law Group and trainer at the Center for Understanding in Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm super excited that my guest today is Dr. Don Wood. He's an author, speaker, founder, and CEO of the Inspired Performance Institute and creator of the patented TIP method. TIP is a cutting-edge method inspired and developed through the newest developments in neuroscience and designed to clear away the effects of disturbing or traumatic events, repurpose old patterns, and set the individual's mind up for peak performance. In essence, it reboots the brain's stuck thought pattern, making it possible to enhance alpha oscillations with a non-invasive and effective shift in brainwave activity. Dr. Wood is author of two top-selling books, Emotional Concussions, and You Must Be Out of Your Mind. Welcome, Dr. Don Wood. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. I'm glad to be here and share what we're doing. Yeah, and because, you know, so many people who are getting divorced are experiencing it as a traumatic event. And, and honestly, I think that the things that lead people to divorce are activations of earlier dynamics or earlier things that have nothing to do with the relationship, but that the, the couple just never can figure out in terms of what I think of as a secret language. They just can't figure it out. And so I'm really interested to talk with you about ways in which people might you know, deal with that before it becomes really a problem in their life and their marriage. And I think having spoken to you before, physiologically too, physically, that it can lead to disease. So let me know if I'm on the right track here and give us an idea of what the tip method is. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really great observation, Catherine, because I really learned this through my own experiences with my wife because she came up in a very traumatic childhood and I came up in the opposite. No trauma, very calm, very nurturing. And so what happens very easily, and you can see this happening in a marriage breakdown, is the communication breaks down. And, and let me explain how I sort of saw this. Is that if I would say to my wife something as simple as, no, I don't like that, she would tear up and start to cry and say, why are you upset with me? Now, I didn't understand it at the time. I used to think, well, maybe I just said it wrong. What I was actually seeing, and I didn't understand it, was that as a child, she had learned to listen very carefully to the way her father spoke so that she could recognize when danger was coming because he was a very angry, violent guy. So if I had a little tension change in my voice, so maybe I was just a little tired that day or maybe a little frustrated on my drive home, she could hear that slight little inflection change like I was yelling. And what I have found from my research is that a lot of people who have had trauma, particularly as children, are highly sensitive to sound. So 
I would try to change my words, choose my words better. But because I didn't have the trauma, it was easier for me to do that. But she could then, I could get a little frustrated because I knew I wasn't saying anything wrong. And yet I could activate her nervous system with just a slight word or a, a phrase or anything like that. So I think that's what you're, what you're sort of referring to when you talk about that kind of language between couples and breaking down a marriage. So, Dr. Wood, I think that a lot of people might have had a more defensive reaction than you had, right? So you could say, instead of trying to figure out what was happening between you and your wife, you could have said, listen, what, why are you so mad at me about that? I didn't do anything. You know, you're the one who's overreacting here. And then there could be just a devolving of the communication between you. Each person retreats to their own corner, just feeling like the other person is being ridiculous. And and yet that didn't happen. And so what do you think that you did differently that many of my clients might have done better? That's really a great question because what happened was because I didn't have her trauma, I was able to stay a little more regulated. My nervous system wasn't getting activated. And so that allowed me to be a little more patient with it. And even though I was like, well, I didn't think I said anything wrong. And I've, I've never yelled at my wife or screamed at my wife. I was no threat to her. And yet she was feeling that threat. Now, if I had also had trauma and then she comes back at me, and says something, she could have done the exact same thing to me, activated my nervous system, and then we stopped talking. So one of the keys, I think, what we're doing, which is very impactful, we've had a lot of really good success in helping couples, is we clear up all of that trauma for them. So then they can stay a little more present and in the moment and not activate each other's nervous systems that's going to improve communication dramatically. And it's very difficult to do if you've got that trauma loop running. So nobody's doing anything wrong. Like even my wife and I, she wasn't wrong for feeling what she was feeling because that's the way her mind was filtering. So she was absolutely right to think I was upset with her because that's just the way her mind worked, even though I wasn't upset with her. Well, even if you were a little bit upset, you know, you could have been a little bit upset, but like not like just irritable, irritable toward her, right? Instead of it being like, oh my gosh, danger, 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 Will Robinson, you know, like so that I think that that's exactly right. That what you're saying is that people have their own makeup, their own experience, and they create reactions because of that, that predate the relationship. And that it's not very difficult to trigger when, when somebody's had a traumatic uh, childhood, and we can talk about what that means in a minute, but they've had a previous experience that leads them to have a reaction to the threat of anger or whatever it is, and that that creates a reaction that has nothing to do really with the intent of the person who is activating them. Yeah? Right. And there's nothing wrong with any of them. It's just the way our minds work. If your mind perceives a threat, even though there is no threat, it will automatically activate your nervous system. So there was nothing wrong with my wife. Her mind was doing what it's designed to do, 
which is to activate and threat respond. It was interpreting or perceiving that there was a threat because of previous experiences. And what I call that is their own set of atmospheric conditions. So my wife had her set of atmospheric conditions. I had mine. It was easier for me to try to stay a little more patient with it than it would have been if I also had trauma in my life. My system would have been responding differently. And then you could see how easily, even with two really good people, right, you could break down a whole relationship that way. Absolutely. You're just kind of off to the races in terms of the challenging dynamic between people in the sense of hurt feeling and threat, mutual threat across the relationship void. So I want you to tell us about what about what the tip message is and how you work. But before we do that, I want to remind people that you're listening to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller, and we're here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester County every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. But perhaps you're listening on the podcast, and we're available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Dr. Don Wood about rebooting the brain from trauma and his patented tip method for helping people overcome trauma. So, Dr. Wood, what is the tip method and how does it work? It's actually a reset of the way the mind accesses trauma. So what happens is the subconscious part of our mind, which is our survival brain, is operating in real time. So everything for your subconscious is happening now. So what happens is is that if it perceives a threat because something sounds like, smells like, looks like it, it will go in and start accessing memory. Sort of think of it as a Google search. So the Google search happens and says, what do we know about that sound, that statement, that smell, whatever it is? It goes into memory and starts accessing old data and sees the old data in real time. So, for example, I worked with some of the Boston Marathon bombing survivors. And when they first sat down to start talking to me, they would be shaking and crying. And what I would say to them is, do you know why you're shaking and crying right now? They'd say, well, because I'm talking about what happened to me. And what I would say to them, exactly, but your mind thinks there's a bomb about to go off. It's looking at the bomb from five and a half years ago, whenever it happened, and seeing the memory in real time. It's, Hollywood have made trillions of dollars from this because they can convince us in a movie theater that something's real on the screen. Memory is seen the same way. So that's going to automatically create a fight-or-flight response. And so one of the ways I sort of explain it is I'll say to somebody, and Catherine, you can even do this on your own now, if I asked you what you ate for dinner last night, can you tell me what you ate for dinner? Yes, I can. Chicken. <laughs> Chicken. So when I asked you that, I can't see you, but you you probably looked up and you saw pictures, right, of maybe what you ate, where you were when you ate it? I definitely looked up and, yes, I imagined myself in my dining room. Of course, I eat dinner there every night, so that's not that helpful, but... (laughs) So that's how you recorded the information about dinner last night. Now, dinner last night wasn't threatening or disturbing, so it was stored as a fairly low-resolution file. Almost, think of it almost as black and white. If that had been a threatening event, a traumatic event, all your senses are heightened. So it's going to record that differently. Tremendous amounts of details in that memory. So high definition. 
So what happens is, is if your mind does a Google search, starts pulling up this high definition information memory from five or 10 years ago, it's going to think something's happening now because it's seen that data in real time. What I've been able to do is develop a technique that we can reset that high definition memory back into the same format as to what you ate for dinner last night. It's literally taking all the intensity out of it. And I can do that in four hours. It's just a reset. So almost the opposite of what they did with The Wizard of Oz, where they filmed it in black and white and then changed it and put it into color. We're going to go from color in the back into black and white. And then the so mind stops calling for an action. That's really amazing. So what you're saying is that there's a way to maybe de-emphasize in somebody's mind the memories around traumatic events and, and therefore... I don't know, kind of give them a little bit more normal context. Is that right? And so that it's, people aren't so reactive to it. Yeah, they'll be able to recall it without the emotion. Because anytime you have an emotion, your mind is calling for an action. The purpose of fear is to escape a threat. The purpose of anger is to attack a threat. So if you think about something that happened to you five years ago and you start, your heart starts beating in your chest and you start to feel fear, it's a glitch, it's an error message. Your mind is trying to call you into an action that's not necessary because nothing is happening. And your subconscious mind operates 400 millionths of a second prior to your conscious mind even seeing the data. So you're subconsciously much faster than you consciously are. So your subconscious is 400 millionths of a second ahead of you even consciously being aware of the information that's coming in. And it's already activated and gone into a full-blown fight-or-flight state. Yeah, I think that Dan Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow, also in, in very, very many pages, talks about that a lot as well. So, Dr. Wood, what is the process for a memory reset? How do you go about helping people with that? What I do during the four hours, the first hour and a half to two hours is really all about the science and education of what I learned because my wife had had trauma, my daughter had trauma. My daughter ended up with two autoimmune disorders. She had Crohn's and something called idiopathic pulmonary hemosiderosis, which is where the blood just starts filling up in the lungs. Both of those were the result of trauma. And so what I was had to do is figure out a way to stop that loop of trauma running, activating their nervous system. Because when we have unresolved trauma, it compromises our immune system and compromises our neurotransmitters. When those are both compromised, you're going to get sicker because the immune system is compromised and you're going to feel bad because the neurotransmitters are compromised. And so if I didn't find an answer for my daughter, the, the idiopathic hemosiderosis could have been a death sentence because there was no cure for it. They said there's nothing they could do. I, I, from my research, what I concluded is that it was the trauma loop that kept running, activating their nervous system, keeping the inflammation. And inflammation is the response to trauma. So the inflammation stayed active as long as the loop was running. And so in that first hour and a half to two hours, it's all about the education of what I discovered. And then we start working on, in the last, in the next hour, some of the traumatic events and experiences. 
and I don't need a lot of detail. We're going to work on basically two or three events and I can get your mind to reset those two or three events with little to no information. I don't even need to know what the trauma is to get your mind to reset it. I'll take you through a couple of processes and your mind will actually update, reboot, refresh, and adjust all of that data. That's really amazing. And you mentioned your daughter and the risk to her if she wasn't able to clear this trauma. So can you tell us and and the listeners, what can a person with trauma experience if they do not get help releasing it? So quite often you'll see autoimmune issues. So very, very often IBS, Crohn's, colitis, things like that will show up. People will start getting sicker. They'll put on weight because there's constant cortisol running and and there's more cortisol than you need. They'll become inflamed. So a lot of times people have inflammation issues. And inflammation is always talked about as as a bad word. Oh, it's a dirty word, inflammation. Well, inflammation is fine when it's managed and it can be managed with a healthy system where it becomes chronic is when you're in this con that loop of trauma keeps running keeps activating your nervous system you start to burn out your adrenal glands and then that becomes a chronic inflammation state and then then the inflammation and the immune system starts to run wild and that's why autoimmune is basically an attack on its own system because there's nothing to control it anymore. So it goes wild. If you don't get that under control, it's definitely going to have an effect on your physical health as well as your mental health. Uh, There was a study done in 1995 to 97 about childhood trauma, ACEs. It was called the ACEs study, Adverse Childhood Experiences. And there's a direct connection between ACEs and physical and mental health. And it's amazing to see how many things start to show up as you get a little bit older and that trauma keeps on running. Well, you know, you said said so much there. And one thing that I really want to focus on, even though I think that dealing with the autoimmune diseases and all of that is crucially important, but you talked about weight gain and the and the impact of of that additional cortisol, really, right, in the system and how the the unreleased trauma has the person really kind of holding on to that fear or the, the reaction and that the cortisol then has people hold on to weight that they just can't seem to release. And so many people complain about that. So what is your what is your thought about that? Yeah, so what happens is is that that cortisol keeps on running. The liver can't process that much cortisol. So it eventually ends up turning into glucose because it's it's really energy trying to, but the cells then become insulin resistant. So they can't take in anymore. So the cortisol then turns into glucose. The glucose can't get into the cell. So it then converts it into fat to store it. And so when you be, a lot of people are insulin resistant, they don't know it. And it's coming from that. You see it particularly if you see a man who's overly stressed, he'll develop a lot of belly fat. Mm. And it's just, they can't, they can't process it. So it's going to store it. If it doesn't know what to do with it, it's going to store it. 
but the cells have become so full that they can't take any more in. And so then it has to start adding more cells to start to do something with all this excess glucose. Yeah, that's really crazy. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues here on WVOX 1460 AM and also available as a podcast, bringing you information and thoughtful dialogue that you need to divorce with dignity. And today we're talking about trauma with Dr. Don Wood. And Dr. Wood, if people are interested in learning more about your program, about the TIP program, how can they do that? Um, Check out our website, which is inspiredperformanceinstitute.com. And there's a lot of testimonials on there, a lot of really good information that talks about um, how our system works and what we can do. And you'll see testimonials of people who have had post-traumatic stress. They've had panic attacks for 45 years, and we can resolve those just by taking them through this program. So the Inspired Performance Performance Institute.com. So... Dr. Wood, you know, this is a program about divorce. And while I'm definitely not in the business of selling divorce to people who don't need it, and one of the things that I think the benefit of this show is that people can learn a lot about relationships and about the divorce process if if necessary. And there's no other way to resolve the issues that they have between them. But if a couple or someone is listening to the show and is thinking, wow, I really think this would be helpful for my relationship if my spouse did this or if I did this. Is this the kind of thing that you would recommend that, that two people do in a, in a stressed relationship or is one person enough? I always think you need both to go through it. If you're in a marriage that's struggling that way, because if one person heals and the other one doesn't, you're still going to have the same communication issues. I'll, I'll give you a good example. I had a couple, husband and wife, she came in to do the program. She had had a lot of trauma as a child and their marriage was in really bad shape. I mean, there was infidelity on both sides. So they're both, you know, doing it. They were losing their house. So they had financial pressure on top of it and they were really struggling. She went through the program. It really helped her. She says that trauma was relieved. She says, but interestingly enough, her husband actually didn't like it that she was okay because he couldn't push her buttons anymore. He was having trouble, you know, with she seemed to be more regulated. Now he didn't want to talk. So before he could sort of push her buttons, get her to get upset, and then that would break the communication, which is really what he wanted. He didn't want to talk. So eventually he came in and went through the program. It took months later. But the good news is, is their marriage survived. Uh, they still lost their home, but now they've got a new home. This is a few years ago, and they're they're doing okay, having typical, normal couple issues, but not having the same problems with all the fighting. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. It's I think a big, well known thing in Alcoholics Anonymous that when one person gets sober and the spouse, not an alcoholic, that they still, they really need help in in restructuring their relationship because the patterns that they had, dysfunctional as they may have been, at least were were comfortable. And when one person then changes the rules and changes the way that they are reacting, that can feel really threatening to the other person. So I think this is a kind of similar thing. Does that make sense to you? 
Yeah, it's exactly it. The human mind doesn't like change because it likes consistency. The number one fear for the human mind is uncertainty. And so when all of a sudden, like even though, like you said, it's a great observation, even though it was dysfunctional, there was a certainty to it. And they could count on that certainty. When that shifts, all of a sudden, they don't feel as safe, even though that sounds counterintuitive. But it's just the way our minds work. Our minds like change slow. It doesn't like fast change. Yeah. And so what are some of the other benefits of resetting your memory? We've talked about health. We've talked about relationships. What are some other ways in which resetting your memory can be a benefit? I work with a lot of professional athletes. I love working with athletes because you can see things change quickly. So if you can tell by the name of the program, it's the Inspired Performance Program. It's not a trauma program. Trauma is just interfering with your ability to perform at your highest level. So when I work with athletes, we see performance changes really quickly. So I worked with a gentleman who had had some trauma. He a double amputee, lost both his legs to frostbite, but he was a marathon runner. And after going through the program, he nine days later after going through the program, he took 15 seconds per mile off his marathon race time. And then a few weeks later, ran in the Boston Marathon in 2019 and broke the world record. And then ended up breaking his own world record by another five minutes and getting signed by Nike. So what actually happens is the ATP, which is the energy in the cell, the mitochondria, when that energy is running the loop of trauma, it's not available for performance, whether that's physical or emotional. So when we release that, that energy then is, becomes available and you see it in a performance like a run or even on you know any kind of athletic performance, it shows up. Well, that's, that's really kind of crazy, isn't it? It just seems like that's dramatic results for something that isn't, isn't a physical intervention. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually really fascinating. The more we see it, I'm working with a professional golfer uh, six months earlier this year. He was sort of struggling. He came to work with me. And then the last six months since working with me, he's made 15 of 19 cuts and made about a million and a half dollars. And what I always say to all of them, like Marco Chisetto was a double amputee. What I said to Marco, I said, Marco, I didn't make you a faster runner. You were always that fast. You didn't have the access to that extra power. So... Whether that so we're out of we're out of time, person. but I think that's a great place to start to end on extra power. Thank you, Dr. Don Wood. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Captain.